0: Thankfully, my medical history is kind of boring. Besides bad teeth and a few cuts, I've had little reason to see a doctor. In this episode of We've Got 20 Minutes, I sit down with a wonderful human, Sam, and we talk about her experience having cancer, twice. One of the biggest takeaways I have from this conversation is we often ask, how are you doing when somebody's going through an ordeal like this? And Sam has some alternatives that are probably more effective. So your hair is getting really long.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it could be like significantly longer than it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you've been and did it grow in kind of like weird and patchy? N- or? Well,
1: no, not really. But I mean, I also like I shaved it, uh-huh. so I kept shaving it until okay. I felt like it. Like yeah. so it doesn't so, just fall cause out. Because like I, I mean, I lost my hair like you would see like a man lose their hair, so like, like lost in phases like that, and then it grew back. Like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, so you like, just had to like right here stay, first, stay on top of and it, and then yeah. And did so, it fall out in
0: like patches or just like slowly at um, your hairline went back? Um,
1: so it's kind of tricky to say, um, because when it falls out, you know, like I shaved it pretty quickly, and then you, and then I just am like trying to get rid mm-hmm. of it, you know, once it's gone because it's really gross. Yeah. So
0: how did people treat you different when you were? Bald when I was, and you look like because I, mean, I honestly, because we were in the same ward for a while, we were, and you didn't recognize and I didn't me. recognize you, yeah. And I, um, and I thought, oh, maybe she's just being cool, shaving her head, feminism, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which,
1: and I don't mind that people miss me for somebody cool enough to do that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how did people treat but, you different, like going to the
0: grocery store, um, out to eat? You
1: know, I think I didn't get uh, you know, like just the random person, you know, mm-hmm. like I think. We live in America, and there's not a lot of, like, hey, stranger, and treating me like anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, so I think I saw, like, a lot of glances, and a lot of people realizing, you know, like, Did that bother you, or you were just like, "No, whatever? uh, Yeah, pretty much whatever. Um, I mean, I think I I got to that point. I think I was most self-conscious in church. I feel Mm -hmm. like that was something that I had to work into, like, being bald in church, and I think that had something to do with being so dressed up and and bald was kind of like did you ever have a wig or I saw I you did. on a scarf but I yes. didn't so the the first time I got sick I had I just wore knit caps like all the time. Just, just, like, just like a beanie ski caps, yeah, beanies. Um, a toque. For <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I wore and then I did have a wig and I wore that to church um, because I had like a black beanie and a gray beanie. And Uh like, that's what I lived in. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, everything matches hair. So I felt like I could wear like the wig to church. And then I got to the point where I was just like, I don't really need the wig. And then I, and at that point I was just like rocking the, rocking the ball to the short, Mm -hmm. short hair. And, um, and then the second time around I explored with scarves and really liked that. And I just never did the wig the second time around. So,
0: So how do you refer to that period of your life?
1: Um, like, cause you just
0: said like when I got sick, is, right. is that how you see it? Or is it like my battle with cancer <laughs> or how do you look back and categorize uh, those you see in your life?
1: Um, I think they're recent enough that I don't know that I, I have like a, a look back. And so that might change as years go on. Um, but I think it's, so it's, to me it's categorized like when I got sick. So like the first phase would probably be mm-hmm. when I got sick and then when it came back uh-huh. and then Tell know, me,, now, just, walk me
0: through the story a little bit I don't want to okay. talk about it forever but like right. so just symptoms to, diagnosis yeah. treatment and cool. like a minute and 30 seconds.
1: So, okay. So, <laughs> I i mean, symptoms, it was ovarian cancer. So, symptoms were like, like bloating and abdominal discomfort, you know. Just really women, bad lady times? Yeah, women have that. So, and I was trying to gain weight. So, I just was like, oh, this kind of sucks. Maybe I should just stay skinny forever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but then I found the tumor. Went in. Oh, like
0: you just felt it on yourself. Yeah, You're like, what I felt is this it. going on? Yeah.
1: yeah, so I felt it in my abdomen. I went in, they they did a CAT scan. They were just like, You've got like a big tumor. The doctor, she's just like, I'm not an oncologist, but it looks bad to me. They referred me to Huntsman, but before my appointment happened, it ruptured. And then I went in for emergency surgery. And at that point, still because I was so young, they were assuming And because it was so big, they were assuming it was benign. Mm -hmm. And then they went in and... Because
0: that's a fairly common thing. Yes, very common,
1: yeah. So and, And so they were just like, it's fine, you know, this probably happened. And then they, yeah, so went in for emergency surgery and they're like, it was cancerous and it ruptured, therefore it kind of got everywhere. So, and then I went on chemo. For how long? For two and a half, three months. And then... You know, I was fine getting back into the swing of things, and then my—I mean—they check you pretty frequently mm-hmm. in the first little bit, and then my my levels started going up, and then they saw that I had a cyst, so I went in for a second surgery. They um, they they were just like, "Oh, it was fine. We checked; it wasn't cancer. You're good." But then a week later, they came back and said, "Oh, actually, it was a false negative. You do have cancer again." <laughs> so then and you're just like, "Um, thanks." Yeah. So then I I went in for. Chemo for a couple of months, then I had another surgery where they just took everything out um and then like did like full hysterectomy um and then the, and then I just finished off chemo okay. from there, so then another
0: how did that feel to have parts of you taken away because I've had a couple of teeth removed because I have bad teeth, which <laughs> in perspective to you is nothing <laughs> um and it and like when they take them out, it's kind of relief because it's mm-hmm. like this part of me that's causing me issues is yes. gone, but it's also like. That's supposed to be inside of me.
1: Yes. A little anecdote about that. They asked when I was going in for surgery, like a lady came and asked if they could use my uterus to do like some like like tests and things for different stuff. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, And, and like I'm not using it. Yeah, like by all means, like use it for your research. Like I'm totally down with that. And then she gave me a a $25 gift card. <laughs> <laughs> You're like,
0: I'm happy yeah, this like, is worth so then I kind two dinners at Texas Roadhouse.
1: You know, sold my uterus. but uh, <laughs>
0: You got ripped off. Uh, right? So, like,
1: that was kind of, like, weird. But otherwise, like, it was I, – I remember I woke up crying from – that second surgery, because I just woke up, and they said, like, no, no, like, I always woke up crying, like, Mm -hmm. the anesthesia, you know, like, and so I'm always just like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, like, I'm not crying for any reason, and she was just like, you're fine, like, it wasn't cancer, they didn't take it out, but I just was, like, filled with this, like, Mm -hmm. oh, they should have taken it out feeling, Mm -hmm. so then when they did, like, I felt, I felt really relieved, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that was, that, I've kind of looked at that as a blessing, because I, like, now I can't have children, And I'm, you know, at the time I was um, 27, going through menopause, Uh you know, like, and so it was nice to have that, like, I actually feel like this was the right move. Like, Mm -hmm. I felt really strongly about that. And I just I feel like that's a real blessing, because I'm gonna have to go through a lot because of it. So.
0: So do you get do you still get checked up?
1: Make- uh yes, so February is my next. How month. frequently? So uh, initially they do every 3 months mm-hmm. and then now I'm I'm at every 6 months now, oh, right? Congratulations. Graduated a little bit. So Um
0: so this whole time were you did you move back home with your parents when you were sick or did you right. stay? Um
1: a combination. So the first one the surgery was major like mm-hmm. Major, major, and then the wound didn't close all the way, so like I had like a big Sounds wound, gnarly. yeah, and then so <laughs> it was like, it was gross, <laughs> yeah. So like I I could barely move, Um, like my mom had to like give me showers, you know, oh, like so it just so like I needed a lot of help. So I was home with my parents for a couple of months, and then I moved back in with um, I, I was living with my best friend and an old friend, and so um, then I moved home. How
0: reliant were you on? Them, because that's not a typical roommate relationship right. to ask them yeah, for help with your medical needs. particularly
1: my best friend who, like, passes out at the side of blood. Oh. So, like, <laughs> so, like, she... So, I didn't move home until, you know, I could bathe myself. Yeah. So, <laughs> so were you pretty
0: self-sufficient Yeah, so at
1: that point. So, I moved home. And then the, you know, second and third surgeries, I was only home for a couple of weeks. Because mm-hmm. um, even though, like, they were more major, they were less invasive and less...
0: And they are planned. And...
1: Yeah, and they were, yeah, planned. So... Then I was just home for a couple weeks and then back home. So I, I had a lot of support from my friends.
0: So when a trauma or a tragedy like this happens to somebody, that's when you kind of figure out who your friends are. Mm-hmm. And th- through their acts of kindness, what were some of the things that people did that like, stood out to you to like, help restore your faith in
1: humanity? Right. Uh, I mean, I feel like there were so many. One that kind of surprised me was um, a guy in my ward had his mom had had cancer and we didn't know each other very well and this was when my cancer came back so the second time he like reached out to me and was just like i would like to bring you dinner one night because the relief study would bring me dinner he's like i would really love to bring you dinner one night and he because his mom had had, had cancer like knew like these foods are good mm-hmm. and plastic utensils are better like he'd done all the research and then he brought me like Um, like Chinese food because I had it's called metal mouth but basically everything tastes disgusting Mm -hmm. because of the medicine Um, but Chinese food is something that tastes decent you know Uh like so he'd research that and he'd research that it tastes better on plastic utensils and he and he brought me candy because like candy helps sour candy you know Mm -hmm. like and so he just had like gone out of his way to like say he wanted to bring me dinner and had been so thoughtful with like what he brought and and for my roommates as well you know like and so that was really that was really beautiful I felt I felt like and and I feel like beyond that I think just different people in different ways like I got a note from one one gal in my ward a friend and she was just like hey you know if you ever just need to not be Cancer girl, mm-hmm. you come talk to me. Like mm-hmm. I can, like I can give you that. Like we can just so just talk about whatever. cancer
0: girl. Yeah. What title? Because we give titles to people who've gone through these things. Like, oh, you're a cancer survivor and you're yeah. a fighter. And yeah. cancer girl, how do you feel about those names?
1: Um, I mean, I don't feel like I get them too often to my face. I feel like I use them. Um, To describe how I feel like people would treat me, you know, like... Mm -hmm. So, I feel like... I think, like, survivor and fighter, they seem more noble than I deserve, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, because, I mean... I mean, survival is, is not exactly it's like kind an of a, altruistic emotion. You it's know? a like, human thing. Yeah, People you know, will do like anything we, they yeah, can to survive. We, yeah, survival is, is you know, and, and I didn't do much. Like, I laid around, literally laid around. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so, and so I don't really feel like they fit me in that sense. Although I do feel like, I mean, it is a fight, but I felt like the fight for me, because I never, I never was under the impression that I was going to die. It was stage one.
0: that's another question I had. It wasn't – so you had pretty optimistic prospects.
1: Yeah. Like, and I had felt really strongly when it ruptured, you know, before I knew for sure I had cancer, I was pretty Mm -hmm. positive, you know, without the diagnosis. And I was just, like, lying in the emergency room and just kind of thinking, like, I mean, I could die. Yeah. And just as I thought that, like, I just got this, like, sense, like – You're not gonna die, and like, and I just was like, yeah, I don't like, I'm not like, I'm not gonna die, and that just, I like, so I knew I wasn't gonna die, Uh and so then for me, the fight wasn't even like a fight to survive; it was like a fight to like get through it, get through it with some grace Mm -hmm. and learn something from it. And
0: did you ever think like, why me? Why did this happen to me? How come my body decided to revolt?
1: (laughs) Um, not ever. Which, and I feel like it's it's a fairly normal response like and I think it's totally okay if people feel like that but I think for me like that's just not anywhere that my mind goes naturally because I feel like to say why me inherent in that is maybe why not someone else and I think I just felt like yeah probably a good thing it's me you know like I'm single like I'm like in this like little kind of bubble of a time in my life where I feel like all things considered you know like I didn't have I don't have kids I didn't even have, like, a husband to leave Mm brokenhearted, you know, like. So you're like, well,
0: if there's a time for this to happen. Yeah, you know,
1: like, so, like, why not me? You know, like, but, um, so I think that's kind of how I felt um, in that regard.
0: How do you look back on it? Are you just like, what the heck? That craziness just happened to me? Or do you look back (laughs) on it? I'm like, oh, what a wonderful learning experience. Um,
1: I I think I look back on it in a lot of different ways, depending on, why I'm looking back.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you ever use it for like strength? Like I survived cancer. I can work this crappy uh, job or, sometimes, or I can get through my master's some- program.
1: <laughs> sometimes I notice that I will sometimes use it. Um, and this might be kind of terrible, but uh, to get people to like, listen to me, like if I, cause I feel like uh, <laughs> one of the benefits of cancer is it legitimizes you in people's mm-hmm. eyes. right? It gives like, you some clout. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like sometimes like, People, like, disregard me, like, oh, you with your perfect life, and da-da-da-da-da. i am just like, look, people, you know, and I don't even feel like cancer is the hardest thing I've been through. Like, physically, definitely the hardest mm-hmm. thing I've been through. But I, f- I feel like there are other things in my life that have been harder.
0: We can talk about those later. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> you kidding. know, like, but, like, um, so that. How does it come up that you had cancer? Like, yeah. are you just like, hi, my name's Sam. <laughs> I had cancer, yeah, so driver. I'm pretty strong uh, <laughs> and awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, no, uh, usually... I I mean, when I first got it, like, uh, I put it on Facebook, and I told my friends to tell everybody, because I don't really want wanted, to have to tell people. Yeah, you, you know, just like, wanted
0: to get it out yeah, there. Yeah, it's
1: a real awkward conversation to have, mm. where people are like, hey, what are you doing?" Like, to? It's like, how are you supposed to respond? Like, yeah. And you
0: don't want a pity party. Yeah, and
1: it's such, like, kind of bad news. Like, I would be, like, pretty oh, devastated to hear a friend of mine had cancer, you know? Like, so I just wanted, like, everybody to know, and... Right away, so, and now, like, I'm actually in a place where people don't have to know, and I'm I'm really loving that, like, that, in, like, in my, you know, a lot of people that I hang out with, you know, don't know, necessarily, so then it's just, like, if I'm saying something, and I don't want to have to, like, talk around it weird, mm-hmm. then I'll bring it up, and they'll be like, what, you had cancer? But at this point, I'm obviously fine. How hard
0: do you try to avoid it? So- a-
1: um, avoid
0: I, talking about it, I guess.
1: I don't, um, I guess I, I mean, I try to avoid it if I'm in a situation or with a person who I feel like they're not really going to be a part of my life, they're, you know, it's, so there's no point to really go there. But if it's somebody who I want to make a part of my life in any way, then I feel like it's something that...
0: It's like a good barrier to cross. Yeah. Like, we can be yeah, friends now. You know this about me. Yeah. You know where I'm coming from.
1: Yeah. It's about like, you know, you, you wouldn't really understand me without understanding How do that. you
0: talk around it?
1: Um... Well, and because it's it was cancer and it was a few, um, you know, it was started a few years ago, I feel like it just doesn't come up because I now, like, I'm, I've got my life back, you know, like, I'm doing things again, you know, whereas before it was just, like, my life was full of nothing, so people would be like, what do you do, I'm like... I like to lay
0: around. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> so like where's now like I just talk about other I things. fight cells that are not like <laughs> right. like growing right in my body. I just kind of deal with that. A couple months ago I had to go to the ER um for a kidney stone that turned out to be like the size of like, a grain of salt or smaller. Once it got out of my kidneys and my bladder was fine but is they admitting me? I felt like, dehumanized. Like put this on. Pee in this cup. Wait in this room. Put these machines on you. Um And then, like, a nurse came in, and she was just getting my heart rate and whatever, and then she, like, touched my skin, um, and I was like, oh, your skin doesn't feel clammy, and then, like, in that moment, I was instantly like, oh, I'm not untouchable. (laughs) Did you have times when you felt just another patient, or you didn't feel like a human, and then what stopped that?
1: Yes. Um, I mean, I think I, and I had an ER visit in particular that was, it felt really, like, abrupt. It was, in fact, when my tumor ruptured, and I went in, and they just were kind of like, Okay, you have a tumor. And I'm like, No, you told me I have a tumor. (laughs) Like, I don't know if it's, like, I don't know anything about it, just that it's there. You know, I
0: kind of felt like they didn't believe me either. I'm like, So I got on (laughs) WebMD. My brother had kidney stones. I have the same symptoms, Mm -hmm. you know, but like, it kind of feels like they don't listen to you. Okay, continue with your story. So that
1: was hard. But then I remember, too, in uh, one of my hospital stays, like, post surgery. I had been helped from the bed and I couldn't really walk. And so I'd just been helped onto this like portable toilet, but it looked kind of dirty mm-hmm. and I would just was like sitting on it and I felt dirty and gross and just in a lot of pain. And then they, they just kind of like left me there and I just was kind of stuck there and just like realizing how dependent I was going to be, you know, and just kind of wrapping my mind around that. And then an aide came in he was so compassionate. Like he just, I felt like he, he saw me and he changed the bed. And like, and you could tell that wasn't what he was supposed to be doing right then. But he just, he took the time, changed the bed, like helped me, helped me clean up a little bit, cleaned up that little portable potty, you <laughs> know, like it just was really just thoughtful and compassionate. And I think it, that's what made me realize like what a valuable character trait you know compassion is mm-hmm. in a person
0: is there anything anything about the process that you would have changed like how the hospitals and doctors treated um, you was there any big thing no. that like this could be better because
1: no in general I felt like I was really blessed um I like because Huntsman Cancer like I mean it's a beautiful place to be sick for one thing <laughs> like it's like gorgeous <laughs> you're not in, like some creepy basement yeah and like and they're specialists and they were um, they were good, so overall, I feel like you know, as far as the care I was given, you know i I felt like I lucked out and
0: when a friend complains that they have a headache or their stomach hurts, or are you just kind of like, you're fine?' Like, how do you no, look at them? Are, are you, not at has all. Has it made you, like, a little cold? Like, I've been through cancer, so <laughs> your pain doesn't matter. Or has it made you more compassionate?
1: No, I think more compassionate. Because one of the things that I felt like I went through when I was sick was I, I, I stopped feeling valuable for a while as a friend. You know, like, because everybody started hiding their bad things from me. You know, like, so if they were tired, they felt like they couldn't bring those things to me. And so then I just felt like cut off from like offering support or like you know commiserating with people um so I really um yeah I don't feel that way at all and I and I think Viktor Frankl he wrote a book Man's Search for Meaning and in it he just talks about how suffering is is like a gas so just whatever it is it fills the space so like big or small you know like It's a gas and it just fills us, you know. So whether it's a small thing or a big thing, it's going to fill up our life. And and so I think it should be, I think everybody's challenges, big or small, should be treated with respect.
0: So we're about out of time. Um, Is there any advice you have to people who are going through this or the people around those people who are going through cancer and other health issues?
1: Um everybody's different and everybody's situation is so different. And mine was so unique. You know, I think most people aren't like single in their 20s. and
0: Mm -hmm. It's usually like uh, an older thing. Yeah, like older
1: or even younger or young but married and you have like a nuclear family or, you know, like so. um, But one thing I think is to like remember your power. I think that's really important when you're going through things is to you're helpless in so many ways but to remember the ways that you're not and to like live those as fully as you can and then to the people who are like around it and supporting and helping I think it's it's about um I think something that was valuable for me was opportunities to explore how I felt and what I was going through so rather than like how are you feeling like what are you thinking about it? And, you know, like not just how are you, but like what are you thinking? How are you growing? What are you going through? What do you want? You know?
0: So now that um, cancer's in your past, hopefully, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> um, knock on wood, <laughs> knock on wood. Um, what do you want out of your future?
1: It's a good question, uh, one that I actually I don't know is a perfectly expect- <laughs> respectable answer. Yeah, I think it's something I've been working on. Um, but I think something that cancer does is it kind of strips away...
0: The unnecessary? The
1: unnecessary. And, um, and not that I think I'm like totally focused on only the things that matter, but I feel like I've realized that a lot of things don't matter, and so I think what I'd like is just to have a life surrounded by the best people, and just like full of really rich relationships, because ultimately like that, that's life is your relationships. And so I think, um, I, I want to be braver about pursuing the ones that I want, um, and about holding on to them, you know?
0: So. Has it made you more bold then?
1: Um, yes and no. Um, I think it's, it exposed a lot of, what I need to work on, uh-huh. and um, and I think that just it's so it's given me a lot of direction, mm-hmm. you know. And I think in some ways I think a little more bold. I feel feel really comfortable in my own skin, you know. Um, but but yeah, I think it's really helped me figure out a little more like what I'm looking for. And and I think once I have really clear, I want a thing. Then even though I'm terrified, I'm better at like
0: yeah awesome well thanks for sitting down with me and talking to me about something i haven't gone through thank heavens (laughs) bye bye (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode if you enjoyed it please share it with your friends you can let me know you enjoyed it by liking it dropping a comment or following me on soundcloud also please follow we've got 20 minutes on instagram twitter and facebook and if you really want to be a wonderful human you can now financially support this podcast on patreon all the links are below Thank you, and remember, a lot can change in 20 minutes.